something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind listener mail. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Joe McCormick. And it is Monday, the day of each week that we read back messages from the Stuff to Blow Your Mind mailbox. Uh, If you have never gotten in touch before, why not give it a shot? You can contact us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Any kind of messages are uh, fair game. Uh, Usually people send feedback to recent episodes. Maybe if you have something interesting you want to add to a subject we talked about, If you have a question, if you want to suggest a topic for the future, if you want to offer corrections, any of that's fine. Send it on in. Contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Also, just social messages are fine. If you want to say hi, uh, just let us know uh, how you found out about the show, how you listen, that kind of stuff. That's good, too. Uh, Let's see, Rob, do you want to kick us off today by reading back this message from Michael about the thing's fingers? Or is is it the thing or just thing? I think he's the thing. Marvel's the thing, a.k.a. Ben Grimm uh, of the Fantastic Four. Uh, Yeah, we heard from Michael in response to this is one of the the Monster Fact episodes I've been doing on the the theme of monsters and sort of monstrous things in the Marvel uh, comic universe. So Michael writes in and says, hey, guys, I just finished listening to the episode about the thing and, and his fused fingers. I'm really loving these Marvel monster episodes being a comic book fan of many years. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the content of the, the Monster Fact episode, but basically uh, one of the things I ended up looking at was this idea that uh, when Ben Grimm uh, was a human, he, of course, had um, five digits on each hand. And then he goes through this uh, cosmic uh, radiation bombardment. He becomes the thing, this sort of stone um, plate covered uh, bruiser of a superhero. And lo and behold, now he has four digits on each hand. And uh, the book that I referenced speculates that the, uh, the end digit uh, of that hand 
would contain the fused uh, bones or the fused fingers anyway of the of, of digits uh, four and five. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, uh, this is what Michael has to say on the matter. I also speculate, I compared this to a few different animals where there's some level of fusing of digits. While listening, I couldn't help uh, myself but to force my ring and pinky finger together so I could picture what the thing's hand would look like under all that rock. Much like I remember doing as a kid, also with my index and middle fingers, so that I could have the hands of a ninja turtle. In doing so, I could definitely see how making a good old clobberin' fist would still be possible. I found it awkward to open and close my hand with my outer two fingers held together like that. Based solely on how it felt for me, the gripping and dexterity would seemingly decrease with two fingers fused to each other, although I don't see dexterity as one of Ben Grimm's prime attributes. I kept thinking about it, though, uh, through the other examples you gave, and I think it holds up that two sets of bones in a single digit would not be something used for gripping. The kangaroo going from climbing to jumping seems applicable. If the toes were previously separated when it was an animal that climbed regularly, then by the time it was hopping, it could be better uh, to put those toes together permanently. Best, Michael. Sorry, I'm still laughing about the idea of dexterity being one of Ben Grimm's prime attributes, like the thing has to do a sleight of hand check. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, I did read that it's something in the comics where he often can't use technology correctly because he doesn't have, uh, you know, has these big clunky digits and doesn't have the uh, the same number he had when he was human and so forth. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, ultimately, it's, you know, it's a silly thing in a comic book that we needn't think too much about, but it is kind of fun to speculate. Like, what what purpose could that serve uh, if there is any purpose to have this uh, this fused digit on the hand? There's no, nothing directly comparable to the thing in the natural world, however. But like the, some of the examples I looked at, there, there are the there's a you know there are different hypotheses regarding uh, a fused digit on certain species uh, having being connected to some sort of arboreal lifestyle at some point in their evolution mm. or grooming uh, like a grooming digit. So I didn't explore that so much that it could be a grooming digit for for bonding with the other members of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> I see, like picking lice off of uh, Mister uh, Mister Fantastic Doctor. Is is there one yeah, that's called? I think Mister. Yeah, Mister the, the stretchy okay. guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I don't think you'd have to pick lice off of the fire guy. He could just burn it off. Well, yeah. Unless I don't know. There's some s- stuff I was reading about there being like this layer between him and uh, the fire. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he would actually be able to like superheat his own parasites off or not. Um, it's a is it something probably hasn't been explored in comic books all that much? <laughs> a very special episode. The Fantastic Four get lice. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Do you mind if I do this follow-up from a previous listener mail from Chuck? Yeah. Okay. Subject line. Follow-up from my January listener mail, Past Lives book. Rob, you remember this one about uh, uh, the this listener found a book uh, that related to the studies we had cited about uh, about people who stare into the mirror long enough tend to start having hallucinations and imagine that they're they're seeing different kinds of monstrous features and stuff mm-hmm. in low light. I think it was low light conditions and prolonged staring tends to cause hallucinations in uh, otherwise typical individuals. Okay, from there, I think Chuck uh, does a recap of what his other message was. 
Chuck says, hello, Robert, Joe, and JJ. I hope you're all well. I happened to be in my local library today in San Diego when I stumbled across the book I told you about months ago. To refresh your memory, this is in regards to the mirror experiments and the connection to, quote, exploring past lives. You happened to read my email in early January of this year where I remembered reading some book when I was young about a technique to stare at a mirror in dim light to see what you may have looked like in past lives. So the book is called Your Past Lives, a reincarnation handbook by Michael Talbot. I've attached photos of the front and back cover. Uh, Rob, I've got these in the document, so you can scroll down and look at them if you like. Uh, Chuck goes on to say the publishing date is 1987, and the author's photo is very, very 80s. <laughs> yeah, he seems like uh, I mean, he'd be like the rival for the uh, for the love interest of the protagonist in a in an 80s action movie. You know, he's like the other guy who who maybe she's going to end up with, but she doesn't. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Chuck goes on to say, the mirror meditation is mentioned on pages 105 to 106. The author states that he discovered this technique, quote, quite by accident, and which uh, can be astonishingly effective. He also states that, quote, various other researchers have also employed this technique. Uh, no mention of who those people are. The actual procedure is incredibly similar to the one used in the scientific studies done later, including dim lighting and concentrating on your own reflection. Here's the fun part listed straight from the book. I guess Chuck is quoting the book here. A word of caution. During this meditation, you may see some extremely dramatic changes take place in your features. This can be quite frightening. Only perform a mirror meditation if you feel completely comfortable with this prospect. At any point during meditation, if you become disturbed by seeing your own features change, simply end your meditation and turn a light on, and the process will stop. And then Chuck continues uh, his message. Now I am glad I was not just relying on a false memory from decades ago, but it's odd to me that this particular memory stuck. Additionally, I was wondering if you have considered an episode or two about current scientific ideas that may have been previously inadvertently explored and accidentally achieved uh, interesting results by people who were definitely not using the scientific method. Then again, many of your topics uh, do touch on this already, e.g. ideas believed in folklore that turn out to be true for reasons completely different than the original believed reason. Uh, apologies, this paragraph was not elegantly worded. Oh, you did fine, Chuck. Uh, Chuck says, uh, anyways, thanks for your time. Keep up the great work. Sincerely, Chuck from San Diego. P.S. High five to Chuck five, the other listener mail Chuck. <laughs> I think we've had several. Number of Chucks, number of Chucks. Yes. But anyway, to come back to Chuck's email, this does sound interesting because it sounds like Outside of the context of these like uh, psychology experiments where, you know, in, in perception and hallucination where scientists discovered you could do this te technique to pretty reliably cause hallucinations, somebody totally outside that context also discovered the mm. same thing that by like lowering the lights and staring in the mirror for a long time. You can see changes to your face and, and see all kinds of interesting stuff, except I guess he's saying that, like, he thinks this is containing genuine revelatory information. Hmm, fascinating. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. 
Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting, uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Well, enough about that. Let's get to the Pokemons. Oh boy! Uh, because uh, uh, yeah, this is actually this is a response to the um, uh, the dream episodes we recently did. But uh, Matt, uh, listener Matt via Discord, uh, wrote in with the following: Hi, had a couple of thoughts on the Dreamfall into the Dark Part Four episode, which featured the Baku. First off, I'm surprised that Drowsy wasn't mentioned, given Rob's son has weighed in. Um, as the Pokemon expert in past episodes. It's a taper-resembling Pokemon that eats dreams and is explicitly referred to as being a descendant of the Baku, image below. 
um, and yeah, Matt included a, a picture of Drowsy. And yes, uh, now that I, I look at him, yes, I'm familiar with Drowsy. I've seen Drowsy in different forms on some of the different Pokemon cards. And I probably mm-hmm. even read the description that he eats dreams and completely forgot about it uh, when getting into the Baku research. I think I have, at least in this image, I'm interpreting Drowsy as having yellow paint spilled over half of his body. It kind of looks like it's dripping down him. Yeah, it does kind of have that that color scheme going on. Matt uh, continues, on a more personal note, the name Baku stirred some funny emotions in me as that was the name of my security blanket at the age of about two. Apparently, I could not say blanket yet, and Baku was the best I could manage. I couldn't go to sleep without it. So while I didn't have a Baku print pillow or a Baku skin to wrap myself in, my sleep was aided by a Baku, which I thought was an interesting coincidence. Mm, Yeah, that is interesting. P.S. One notable difference is that it seems to eat nice dreams rather than nightmares, which doesn't seem quite as helpful. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Um, It it depends how you think about the eating of dreams. Like maybe that nice dream is something you want to carry with you into the day. And oops, here comes Drowsy to snatch it up. Uh, But I don't know. It depends on how you think about that. Now, uh, after this brought to my attention, I, of course, looked Drowsy up in one of my son's Pokemon books. And I was curious, well, what does Drowsy evolve into? Uh, because the evolutions of the Pokemon, that's half the, the, the point, right? Mm-hmm. Indeed, Drowsy evolves into Hypno. Hypno, uh, like a lot of the evolutions, while, the, while Drowsy is cute and huggable, Hypno is, uh, is, as the kids say, a little bit sus. Uh, he's, he's got his own energy going on here. What does that, that mean? He's a little, little dangerous, a little sketchy. Yeah. He's a little suspect. Um, he's got this big, like sort of human like nose and pointed cat ears. Uh, he's slimmer and he's carrying, uh, some sort of, um, hypnotizing apparatus, some sort of medallion on a string. Um, yeah, he looks, he's, he looks like he's not up to. To, to something good here. What what is this white ruffle around his neck? That's not a beard, is it? That's like it goes around his neck like an I Elizabethan it, collar. Yeah, it's kind of like that, like a fluffy Elizabethan collar. It's like we're looking at Christopher Marlowe or something. <laughs> as far as I can tell, there's no evolution past this one, though. So um, I guess we're fortunate. Okay, then after this, we've got an email from Taylor that actually mentions this Discord post by Matt. Yes, it opened the floodgate. Taylor says, hello, Rob and Joe. Loved the Dreamfall Into the Dark series. After listening to part four, I was itching to write you about a few Pokemon based on the Baku. I noticed that Matt from the Discord had already pointed out the dream-eating Drowsy, but the Pokewell is deep and has plenty of space for uh, a few more dream monsters. Matt correctly noted that the Pokemon Drowsy and its grown-up form Hypno differ from the Baku in that they eat good dreams, not nightmares. In fact, the Pokemon Hypno goes so far as to abduct children (laughs) whose dreams are particularly good, presumably to keep the children asleep and feast on their dreams. That's that's more than sus. That's sinister. Yes. Later games also introduce the Pokemon Mana and Musharna, uh, two monsters who more directly mirror the Baku. 
These Pokemon eat good dreams and nightmares alike and don't kidnap anyone. After Mona or Mosharna has eaten a dream, they excrete a psychically charged mist from their foreheads. Hmm. Good dreams yield pink mist and nightmares yield black mist. As with the Baku, a dream eaten by Mona or, uh, and Musharna is forgotten by the dreamer. But Muna and Musharna also pull a reverse Baku. It is said that the dreams or nightmares of a waking person who inhales their mist become a reality. Ooh. All right. So this one, this looks kind of like a floral print Kirby, sort of a cross between like Kirby and a water bear. Yeah, they're kind of egg shaped. They're not as distinctive as, um, as, as drowsy. Uh, for example. So, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen this guy on a t-shirt. Taylor goes on, a few other Pokemon delve into the domain of dreams. The wraith-like Pokemon Darkrai uh, defends itself by dropping trespassers on its territory into nightmare-filled comas. Oh, wow. A person afflicted by Darkrai's nightmare sleep can only be healed with the feather from its counterpart, Cressalia? Ooh, right? um, yes. I, now I'm not familiar with with the, the with the with the first guy, but Cresselia or Cresselia. Uh, this one I think is uh, one that my son really likes and has drawn before. Cresselia kind of looks like the Loch Ness monster, but crossed with a fairy with pink wings. Yeah, it's uh, like a, a splendid space pheasant or something. Yeah, yeah, and it also has a sort of a bunch of bananas uh, swoop uh, haircut, crescent moon-shaped haircut. Hmm. Anyway, Taylor goes on to say, while the Pokemon franchise is primarily targeted at children, it's rich with fascinating and sometimes shockingly dark monsters. Uh, My childlike adoration for the franchise has never left me. I also can't write in about dream monsters without making reference to the slake moths from China Mieville's Perdido Street Station. Talking about them too much would spoil major plot reveals from the book, but if you are fascinated by dreams and dream monsters, I couldn't recommend a better novel than Perdido Street Station. I hope you've enjoyed what has not been my first and will not be my last Pokemon-themed email. As a closing note, I think there's something to Joe's theory about spatial reasoning and dreams. I play a lot of video games, and I find that the ones with the greatest dream relevance are those focused on manipulating objects in space. I've had quite a few dreams about Tetris and map-based strategy games like Fire Emblem. I don't know what that is. Uh... Taylor finishes by saying, may the Baku devour your nightmares, Taylor. Oh, wow. It seems possible then with the Pokemon card game, you could have an entire deck of just maybe just dream-based creatures. And then you could also just expand that to sleep as well and throw a few Snorlaxes in there. What does Snorlax do? Just put you to sleep? No, he sleeps. He oh, he just sleeping. Yeah. He beats you he's, by sleeping? He's great. He just sleeps. Yeah. Sleep him to beat him. Yeah, I have, you know, I've, I've only watched a few of the Pokemon cartoons. There's one I watched with my son that had like a, like a jungle narrative. Um, and, uh, and that one was, that one was actually really good. It had a lot of, um, uh, it was like a movie and it had some almost Miyazaki-esque qualities to it. And I liked that one a lot, but, uh, he showed me like one random episode and it was just some of the weirdest stuff I'd ever seen. It was, it was, it was great. So um, there is some, I, I, th- I think it's, it's easy to sort of dismiss the Pokemon franchise 
you know, it's just sort of video game silliness. But yeah, there there are a lot of dark monsters, and I keep hearing about darker ones here. And there's a lot of just the really weird choices that go into the franchise or have gone into it over the years. I was just thinking about how I have no idea uh, if Pokemon will still be a uh, an age-relevant obsession when my daughter's old enough to get into things like that. Like, do I have Pokemon in my future, or did she just miss the wave? I don't know, yeah. yeah the, it's, it's curious the way the nostalgia bumps go on these things. But I don't know. It seems seems like it's a big enough deal that it's probably still going to be around. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe one day I'll know them all. <laughs> I'll be the one saying like, oh, yeah, that's that's going to be your Snorlax. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's another uh, one. This one comes to us from Jim. Um, not sure which gym this is. One of the gyms. Uh, not the New Jersey gym. Right, right. This gym uh, sends us an, an email titled Time Traveling Vampires. Hey guys, I've been wanting to bring this up for a while, and your discussion on Dracula time traveling seems like the best time to talk about this. In the late 60s, there was a supernatural soap opera called Dark Shadows. It had a vampire named Barnabas Collins. In 1795, he became a vampire through a witch's curse. His father was going to put a stake through his heart, but couldn't, so instead he chained Barnabas up in his coffin. In the late 1960s, someone let him out. Eventually, he overcame the curse and became human again. But a year or two later, some ghosts started haunting the family home. The solution was to go back in time and prevent the people from becoming ghosts. To do that, Barnabas used the I Ching to travel back a hundred years. He astral projected to a hall with I Ching hexagrams on different doors. He had to find the one that had the hexagram called change. When he found it, he opened the door and saw the coffin he was imprisoned in for 200 years. He had to become a vampire again to solve the crisis. Thanks for letting me vent, Jim. <laughs> Is that venting? Okay. Uh, thanks for sharing. I don't think I fully understood the last part there. Wait, how did becoming a vampire again fix the ghost issue? Um, I think I've well, missed I'm, something here. That I'm not entirely sure either, but there does seem to be some sort of a time travel and changing the timeline in order to deal with a ghost situation. Uh, it sounds complex and, and a little bit ludicrous, uh, so I like it. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember seeing episodes of Dark Shadows on, I think they showed them on Sci-Fi Channel uh, back in the day, and um, I remember like digging the vibe, but never, maybe I just wasn't patient enough to like get into the show because uh, it I remember it feeling kind of slow paced, but has all the elements that I, I would love. And I, of course, I like, you, know, you can't help but like Barnabas Collins. Yeah, I've never seen it. I think I recall having a friend whose mom was really into it. That's, that's about as close as I've come. Hmm. Well, anyway, uh, Jim, thanks for writing in and letting us know about uh, this incident of vampire time travel. Uh, we just, we need to be made aware of all time travel incidents involving Dracula or any other major vampire. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to go ahead and close out this episode of Listener Mail, but we'll be back next Monday with more Listener Mails to read. We have a, a backlog of them to get to, and and you all just keep sending uh, neat, neat and thoughtful uh, stuff into us. So keep it coming. Uh, we, we love hearing from everyone. Uh, a reminder that our core episodes publish on Tuesdays and Thursdays in the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast feed. On Wednesdays, short-form artifact or monster fact. 
Uh, they're mostly monster facts these days, but occasionally I throw in an artifact. And then on Fridays, we set aside most serious concerns to just talk about a weird film on Weird House Cinema. Huge thanks to our excellent audio producer, J.J. Posway. If you would like to get in touch with us with feedback on this episode or any other, to suggest a topic for the future, or just to say hello, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.